is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. First things first, I want to thank everybody for participating in the show. And Game Misconduct has really grown. Uh, Late last year, we were added to the ESPN platform, so you can find us there as well. So it's become a national show. And I'm looking at the tweets that I get. And we actually have a few people complaining that I haven't gotten a chance to read theirs because we've been so overwhelmed by your reaction. So I want to make sure that I dedicate even more time to getting a reaction from you. And as I mentioned in my tweet earlier today, I want to talk hockey. I want to talk NHL hockey. I want to talk about all 31 teams if I can. So please don't feel like it has to be about the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils because this is a show that emanates from New York or it has to be about teams that are winning, anything. This is what this is for. And I sit down and I do this every single day because, A, I love to do it, and, B, I realize there are people all around this nation that love the sport of hockey and just do not get it at their local um sports radio station and they want to be able to talk about it want to be have it that open to you so anything that you want to talk about that's what we're here for obviously the rangers have been a major topic of conversation because they just have not been able to gain very much traction they lose to the sharks last night four to one but it was my first chance to really look at san jose live i've watched them a lot on television but to be able to watch them live, I really did appreciate it. Now, you can't say they played all that well when they committed six consecutive penalties. But Martin Jones is a really good goaltender, and we got a chance to see him a couple of years ago when they went to the Stanley Cup Final. But he is a really solid goaltender. Logan Couture has just been amazing as he picks up four goals in his last two games. But guys like Don Scoy, guys like Hurdle, guys like Carlson, there's a good young team that uh, I think we focus so much on the age of guys like Pavelski and Thornton and they're getting a little older. And let's not forget Martin's been hurt, but Burns, who's yet to score a goal so far this year, has been tremendous. But I think Pete DeBoer has done a very good job there with Wilson as the general manager. And I think sometimes they get beat up just a little bit because they haven't won a Stanley Cup. They went to the final two years ago, barely made the playoffs last year. I had them actually on the outside looking in for the playoffs. But I will tell you this, if Jones continues to play that way and they get the well-rounded scoring, he gets his first National Hockey League goal. Uh, Vlasic is among the best defensemen of the league. That's a pretty solid team there. And they're in, they're stuck in a tough division because the Kings look like they're the class of the division right now. And, of course, Vegas off to a tremendous start and all that. But it, I wanted to show some appreciation for Martin Jones and the San Jose Sharks last night. So it's so easy to jump the Rangers. Oh, they lost to the Sharks. And, listen, I'm as guilty as the next guy. I mentioned that the Rangers had a fairly easy week because I thought that maybe the Sharks would be easy pickings playing game three of a five-game Eastern swing. But that was not the case. They get off to the quick start. Minute 56 seconds in and never look back. And then the negative of all this, of course, is the New York Rangers. That's the third time this year that Henrik Lundqvist is allowed a goal in the first shot. Uh, it is the fifth time this year that the Rangers lost the game where the opposing goaltender was the number one star. And it looked like they kind of found some turning the corner, if you will, four points in three games, losing overtime to Pittsburgh, losing the shutout to the Islanders, really played a good, complete, solid game against Nashville in the 4-2 to two win, but you know, right back to where we started with the loss, and Arizona coming up on Thursday, a team that as of right now is yet to win a game so far this year. They'll be out on the island tonight before they play the Rangers on Thursday, and all the talk surrounding Elaine Vigneault, and we've talked a lot about it here on Game Misconduct. Will he be let go? Should he be let go? 
Last night's a perfect example. And I am no hockey expert, but the one thing that I do is I have access. So I talk to a lot of people to play the game. I get opinions from people who come in out of town. I try to keep my ear to the ground and listen to what people are saying and asking the right questions. Elaine Vigneault is a great coach. The fans want him gone because that's an easy fix. Fire the coach, right? That's always the answer. You can't get rid of all of these players. You're not moving Nash. You're not moving Lundqvist. You're not going to go out and find the number one center that you're looking for. For the third time this year, the Rangers play with seven defensemen. Not because they have extra defensemen, but they're light of center. And they went out and got Dayarnay during the offseason. They thought that they had uh, Heedle as a young kid that could be plugged in as the fourth center. It's not working out right now. But when I watch him last night, I look at the Rangers, I don't... I really don't see a poorly coached hockey team. I don't. I mean, they got their opportunities. They put themselves in the right situation. You know what I do see? I don't see any finishers. You know, what's what's the thing I hear? Oh, you know, the Rangers, they, they underachieve offensively. Do they? Take a look at the back of the hockey card of the guys that they have on there. Who is the only true 40-goal scorer? Rick Nash. But that was a while ago. Rick Nash isn't a kid anymore. Oh, well, Kreider should be doing better. He had the 27 goals last year, but why should we assume that he's a 40-goal scorer? What, because we want him to be? Miller's off to a pretty good start, but is he a guy that can score 35, 40 goals in this league? Hayes? We thought VC might be that guy. He had a great start to last year, but really take out the early start last year. This is a kid that you know can grind it out and play to the best of his abilities, but I don't see a lot offensively from this team. I don't see... Uh, a talent level that is underachieving. I think in a lot of ways they overachieve. Wouldn't you say that a guy like Zuccarello is overachieving? When Grabner scored 20 goals last year, wouldn't you think of that as overachieving? Now we'll see what Pavel Bushnevich ends up becoming. And you can kill AV because he's on the fourth line, but where do you want to put him? You know, where where is he supposed to fit? They tried him in the first line early in the season. It didn't work. So I look at A.V. trying to make things happen, and what I see is a coach trying to squeeze more talent out of a team that maybe doesn't have it. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that A.V. is safe. I don't know. Maybe they will try to make a change just for change's sake. But honestly, ask yourself the question. You guys are hockey fans. You follow the sport. Do you really think changing the coach, making Lindy Ruff the coach, going out and getting Daryl Sutter or whoever else might be available is going to change things? If you want to tell me they're not listening to him, but I saw I saw structure last night. I saw opportunities last night. What I saw was not a lot of finish. Now, Martin Jones, I just spent the first uh, couple of minutes of the podcast complimenting him as a goaltender, but when you look at five different goaltenders in the first ten games being the number one star, that's just bad luck, or is it that this offense sometimes can make an opposing goaltender look great? Think about that. Los Angeles Kings lose their first game of the season in regulation as they fall in Toronto to the Leafs by the final score of 3-2. to two. They had some fight in them, but just could not get that goal. Uh, Matt Martin gets his first of the year. Bozak gets his second. And then Kempe again after the hat trick last week gets his fourth goal of the year. But then Patrick Marlowe, 
four goals on the season. Trevor Lewis gets an unassisted goal with less than eight minutes to play, but they just could not get the equalizer in Toronto. So L.A. drops a decision in regulation for the first time in the Leafs with a nice bounce-back victory for them after they were doubled up on Saturday uh, in Ottawa. So let's take a look at the games tonight. Coyotes, again, looking for their first victory of the season, 0-7-1, out on the island to take on the Islanders at 4-3-1. and I say out on the island out of habit. Obviously, that's Brooklyn. And we'll see if the Islanders can feed off of that 5-3 victory over San Jose over the weekend. Ducks 3-3-1, kind of average this year after what I thought was a great year last year. I had them pegged as the second-best team in the conference, but certainly they've had their share of injuries. Fowler had to leave the game the other night against Montreal, going up against the Flyers team off to a good start, winning five of their first eight. Oilers and the Penguins, uh, this is going to be a fun game tonight at 7 o'clock. You know, Oilers obviously have dropped four of their last five games. Their only win recently was that overtime win over Chicago. And meanwhile, the Penguins, they put Niemi on waivers after getting thumped again over the weekend. But anytime you got Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid on the ice at the same time, I'm all in. But nobody's been able to put a finger on what exactly is wrong with the Oilers. Certainly the loss of Dreisaitl has been big. Uh, Shahan now a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins as they're looking for that replacement for Benino, who went to Nashville. So I love that one. Uh, keep an eye on the Carolina Hurricanes. You heard EJ say it yesterday. Slavin among the best defensemen in the league. Skinner's off to a great start. They're home after that western swing, taking on the Lightning. So that's an early, exciting matchup between the Lightning and the Hurricane. Again, Carolina is one of those teams you don't think about because they've only played six games this season as opposed to the nine games that the Lightning have played. So Carolina with three games in hand, but that should be a fun one in Carolina. Red Wings got thumped. Uh, against Vancouver on Sunday. They'll be in Buffalo to take on the Sabres, 2-5-2. Two, and two. We've talked about the Buffalo Sabres' struggles there. Canadians, we've talked at nauseam about their problems. They return home after that Western swing. Always struggle when you come back from a Western trip, but really the Canadians can't afford to do that. 1-6-1, and a lot of discussion about possibly a change at general manager there, and the Panthers off to a 3-4 and four start. Kings second of back-to-backs after losing their first game of regulation this year in Toronto. They'll take an Ottawa Senators team that has lost just once in regulation this year. Flames put Yarmir Yager on IR with a lower body injury. They hit the road versus Nashville. I thought Nashville played terribly on Saturday. We'll see if they can bounce back 4-3-1 and one, and the Flames 4-4 four and four on the season. Just not getting enough offense there uh, in Calgary. Uh, Canucks in the wild. Vancouver has been a nice early story this year at 4-3-1 and one, while the wild 2-2-2 two, two and two, still struggling uh, to find their way. 9 o'clock, the Avalanche. They've struggled recently after a 4-1 and start, now 4-4, four and four, taking on a Dallas Stars team that's starting to gain some traction. We talked about them yesterday. That that first line with Radulov, Ben, and Sagan have really made things go for Dallas. And the Golden Knights, down to their third and fourth uh, goaltenders, will be home for the Chicago Blackhawks. So a nice test for the Golden Knights. They beat the St. Louis Blues on Saturday. Now they welcome in Chicago. Still amazing. They won six of their first seven games, but a huge test tonight against the Blackhawks, who are 5-2-2 two and two on the year. So let's try to get as many tweets in as possible here to close out the podcast. David says, any chance Rangers bringing up uh, Heedle before the end of the season? Well, he did get nicked up taking a shot in Hartford um, over the weekend. He just didn't look like he was somebody that was ready for the National Hockey League 
Um, we'll see. They're right now playing with only three centers because of the fact that Heedle didn't work out early. I, I think it's probably going to be later than sooner that we see um, Heedle back with this team. Uh, Guy says, how far can you let the slide like this go before something changes? I don't blame A.V., but it's always the coach. Again, be patient. Um, I, I don't think this is a reactionary type of organization. I don't think Gordon and and Sather have an appetite to really make a change at this particular point. And do they blow it up? I mean, is it automatically Lindy Ruff if they do this? Uh, Scott Arneal has been here for a long time. Is he somebody that would go? I hate talking about these are good people, these are good coaches. And, again, I don't think it's necessarily a coaching problem. But you do make a point. Uh, now, there's not the pressure in New York that there is in Montreal, where the Canadians are really the only game in town. The Rangers' slow start has been obscured by the Yankees going to the playoffs, the Jets and the Giants, and now the Knicks are getting started. So they've been kind of doing this in anonymity, and that's something they maybe they can take advantage of. Bretsky, Bretsky said, should Philippe Heidel, uh, Heidel be called up by A.V., um, stop the stupid 11 forwards and 7 defensemen nonsense with Holden playing? Again, they're not going to throw somebody in just for the sake of putting them in. Cracknell, they tried at center. It just has not worked. So you could talk about the nonsense of 11 forwards and 7 defensemen. Last night was the first time they lost in three tries playing that way. So they're just still trying to find their way. I don't necessarily believe that it's nonsense. Uh, Robert uh, Cooper says, do you think there will be a change chance of getting an NHL game in the U.K. seeing we get the odd NFL game here? It's a great question. Uh, they're obviously playing... In Sweden later this year, we've seen games uh, in China. I, I don't really think the National Hockey League right now is looking to go to uh, England just yet. They've played there, I guess, geez, this is going back six, seven years ago when the Ducks and the Kings went out and played uh, in London. Reaction's always great, but you know, right now it doesn't seem like the NHL has much, has an appetite of going to that portion of Europe, but I do think eventually they may get back there. It's not that terrible of an idea. But considering there's no um, English players per se, they seem to be more apt to try to go to Sweden, try to go to the Czech Republic, try to go to China because they've got a KHL team there now. So looks like the NHL is kind of steering to different other uh, locations in Europe. Uh, Warren London Dog Spa says, can the Rangers bring in Messier or Leach to coach the team? Well, Leach is already part of the organization. And they had the chance to get Messier a couple of different times and didn't go there. So it just looks to me like maybe uh, Messier is not somebody that's necessarily on the Rangers' radar. Uh, Brett says A.V. needs to go. He had a good run. But idea is to get better, not worse. This team needs a new voice, rough new coach. Well, you know, Lindy Ruff is also a part of the slow start, too, people. Now, if you want to tell me that A.V. has lost the room, I mean, I guess you could say that because he's in his fifth year. But take a look at the team, Brett. I mean, you're a big fan of the team. You, we've met in San Jose. I think you're living out in Denver now, so you probably have the hockey package. You watch the rain. Tell me it's a team that's poorly coached. Does it look like a team that doesn't know what they're doing? Or does it look like a team that maybe is just not as talented as we like to believe? Now, We've talked about this with Dave Maloney before, and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Rangers and Canadians are very similar. Their best offensive player is a winger, which never works in the National Hockey League. They went out and got Drew in trying to force him to go from wing to center. Hasn't worked. Over-reliant on their goaltender, both financially and just as far as his capability on the ice. They made the coaching change last year. Did it work? 
And now they're talking about firing the general manager. So I don't know. It's an easy it's an easy look. You know, AV is not the guy. Right? You see, here's the problem. And this is, happens in all sports. Hockey, everything. You're mad the team is, is, is lousy. You're mad that the team is 2-6-2 and two to start the season. In Montreal, you're mad the team's awful. In Arizona, you're mad the team hasn't won a game in regulation all year. You want the coach to be just as mad as you are. And A.V.'s just not that guy. So you think that he's the problem because he's not rip-roaring mad every post-game press conference. Believe me, I've seen A.V. mad. He gets mad. But he also realizes that it's not so much chewing the team out, benching people, uh, going the John Tortorella route where everybody is on edge. Sometimes that's needed. I'm not sure that's needed with this team. But I'm not in the room, but talking to the people, I just wonder if they just lack the talent necessary. Remember, this is a team. It's getting similar to Montreal. You're banging on the door for a Stanley Cup. Wouldn't this team look different if Strawman was still here and if they didn't have to trade away uh, a Duclair? I mean, they gave a lot of of things to bring in a Martin St. Louis, to bring in a Keith Yandel, because they felt that they were right there to win a cup, and that does come at a price. James asks, how good can the Islanders be? They can be really good. They really can be. Again, I'm not in love with their goaltending, all right? Halak seems to play well against the Rangers every time I call a game, but uh, Hosang, once he starts to figure it out, I think he dangles a little bit too much, too reliant on puck handling, but um, uh, they've got some nice young players that I think you can get excited about. They're a very well-rounded team. Not in love with their blue line either. I think they're a little bit too reliant sometimes on Letty and Boychuk. I think they need to be a little bit deeper defensively, but the Islanders are all about keeping JT. They keep JT. I think their future is excellent. They lose him. You will spend the rest of the decade trying to figure out a way to replace him, and that's hard to do. Dave says, do you think it's time for the Bruins to move on from Zdeno Chara? That's a good question. You know, Chara, Chara's been around forever, right? And obviously he's seen better days, and, he, and, and, and it's a speed league now, right? And he just doesn't have the speed. Now, there's a heaviness to a game the Boston Bruins have that I think does work. But in a speed game, to have a player as old as he is now, it's probably time to move on. But here's the thing. He's in the last year of his contract. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Bruins aren't going to bring him back. He's only making four mil. So maybe there's a team that might want a defenseman if the Bruins are out of it at the trading deadline. But I just think the mathematics of where he is in his contract and where the Bruins are now in this kind of pseudo-rebuild with the guys like Carlo and McAvoy coming up on the blue line, I mean, it's inevitable that this is probably going to be the last year. The question is, if the Bruins can hang, then maybe they keep him at the deadline. If they find themselves out of it, maybe there's a team that might want to just pick up a howitzer shot from the blue line on the power play. But again, in a speed game, I'm not really sure that he is somebody that anybody's really going to covet. Zach says, Don, how much longer can the Rangers keep playing with same organizational structure, player, coach, front office, before heads start to roll? Well, you've changed the general manager, even though, listen, as long as Glenn Sather is there, that you could still say the structure managerial is the same. But they've had 
three different coaches. They've changed assistants. I'm not sure that when you say the managerial direction, really, how bad has it been? NYR Fan 9, if Rangers fire AV, do you think Ruff is a better replacement? Ruff struggling recently, not sure he is the answer. What are the chances Messier is considered for the head coach if AV is let go? He may not have head coaching experience, knows game can lead. All right, let's just say that the Rangers, for sake of argument, are interested in having Mark Messier be the head coach of the team. Well, where are the Rangers right now? Well, the Rangers have a guy in goal that's going to be 36 years old. They're older as far as Nash is concerned. They do believe that they want to squeeze something left. They're not in a rebuild. Or the Rangers are not in a rebuild. Isn't it better to have Messier come in with kids than it is having this inexperienced head coach that we don't have any idea? And I love Mark Messier, and he's one of the great leaders of all time, but do we have any idea that he can coach a National Hockey League team? Any idea. You know, Wayne Gretzky couldn't do it. Now, maybe they, they lacked talent when he was with the Coyotes, but he wasn't a master at it. You know, uh, John McClain struggled his first head coaching job. Kirk Muller, same thing. I mean, if you have a bunch of kids and you want to rebuild and you want to have Mark Messier being named to kind of sell your sport while you're in transition, but when you are a team that's expected to try to win now and squeezing a little bit left out of what you have in the talent toothpaste tube, is Mark Messier really the answer? Are you willing to take that chance? Uh, Nicholas says, thoughts on Detroit's trades from earlier this week. I mean, they're they're in that rebuilding mode too, and, and, I, and I like Shahan a lot. I do. And I think he's a terrific player that just Pittsburgh was just in a better position uh, to be able to keep him around um, because they can get more out of him at the position they're looking for trying to replace Benino. But even though Detroit got off to a really good start, it's time for them to start getting younger, getting better. Um, the Athena CU deal looks like they worked out an extra year to try to figure something out. Boy, if I'm Detroit, I'd love to be able to keep Athena CU here uh, long term. We'll see what happens beyond this year. JR says, do you think that do you think the game against the lowly Coyotes is a major barometer for where the Rangers stand on the AV fate? Again, we're running in circles here, but I want to read as many of the tweets as I can. I don't leave anybody out. So many people are concerned about the Rangers. But I don't know if they're sitting there game to game assessing the situation with the team where AV's got to win this game to keep his job. Hey, I will be honest with you. Just being a sports talk show host and following the four major sports the way that I do, I can read the tea leaves as much as anybody. You lose to the Coyotes at home, and the Coyotes, let's say the Coyotes lose tonight to the Islanders. You're talking about an 0-8 and 1 team coming into your building and beating you. That's tough to survive no matter what your situation is. But I don't know if it's a barometer day in, day out thing with AV. You either believe or you don't. But sometimes things happen. Where you're just like, oh, God. And I think a loss in that situation to a Coyotes team could be absolutely devastating. Uh, Matt says, what do you think of the impact that Shahan's move to Pittsburgh is going to be? Again, I mentioned it before. Like the player, he will get time with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and there's enough talent there to make him produce. I think it's a fantastic move. Uh, from Pittsburgh. Hunter King says, big fan of game misconduct from Texas. That's pretty cool. What do you make of the Stars' rebound from the slow start? Four in a row, going for five tonight. Well, we talked about it with EJ Raddick yesterday, in case you missed it, but 
Has it been a complete turnaround, or has it been maybe taking advantage of the schedule a little bit? I don't like to play that game because you got to beat who you have on your schedule. And if you remember, you lost to Vegas early on, and that looked like a devastating defeat. And then you look, Vegas has only lost once all season long, um, and that was to Detroit. So they haven't even lost a game in conference yet. They've got one of the top lines in hockey. And, and Sagan and Ben are two of the best players in the NHL. Radulov is somebody that's obviously benefiting from that. Uh, Dallas has a lot of talented players. I had them going to the playoffs as a wild card, so I'm not overly surprised. But certainly uh, Dallas gaining some traction after a slow start, that's for sure. Marker Day, our buddy, says, I know you'll mention uh, Brian Boyle returning to the Devils, looking forward to listening to game misconduct. Yes, we didn't get a chance to talk about that yet because the Devils aren't going to play again until Friday. they got this week off, and this isn't even their bye. Brian Boyle is somebody I got to know when he was a Ranger. You couldn't find the nicer person. And it was such a gut punch to hear about his cancer, especially on the heels of losing Dave Strager and finding out uh, Dave Strader and, and obviously uh, hearing the news of Eddie Olchuk. And by the way, I got a chance to talk to Eddie, and he's doing better. He's going through his treatments. He obviously went back to work last Wednesday on NBC Sportsnet for that Blues-Blackhawks game. But he's starting to feel better, and he loves the fact that we're talking about him on game misconduct, and the thoughts and prayers obviously continue for him. So when the Boyle news comes out, it's like, how much more are we going to take here? But the news seemed like it was pretty good. And he's been cleared to play, and now he'll be back to playing. And this is a devil team that's just been on fire with only a couple of losses so far this season. And Boyle is only going to make the team better. But, yeah, that's good news. Uh, and hopefully this is just a blip on the radar screen for him. But clearly, to the, all the bad news we've had over the um, the summertime with, with the health of everybody, I'm just so happy and glad that he's back to work. And, and um, thoughts and prayers go out to Brian Boyle. And I can't wait to see him at the rink. Obviously, the Rangers and Devils have already played, but he wasn't with the team. But I got a couple more Ranger-Devil games, and I hope to see him and talk to him because he is one of the true great people in the National Hockey League. Neil says, thoughts on Nathan Walker becoming the first Aussie to play and score in the NHL. One of the stories of the season. I agree. That was a great story. First ever player from Australia uh, to score a goal. And we talked about it um, a lot on game misconduct of just how this league has grown to where not only there are non-traditional hockey markets in this country where you're seeing NHL players play, like California, like Texas, uh, but to see non-traditional hockey countries producing NHL players is also truly a great story. Uh, Ramsey says, uh, how do you see the Kings' performance? Also, there's about the, the San Jose Sharks that catch your eye. Cheers from Brazil. So obviously he's fun. Kings, obviously, Kopitar's turned them around. Well-rounded scoring, one of the best defensemen in the league in Dowdy, and they're getting great goaltending as they usually do. And remember, Quick was hurt last year, so it's good to have him back and healthy. But the Kings losing their first game of regulation last night. And as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, that uh, I was really impressed with the Sharks. Again, I did not have them going to the playoffs, but I really do believe that um, that's a team that's maybe caught my eye. The goaltending has been terrific. Um, Braun has been a, a very quiet defenseman for them for a long time, and he's certainly helped. Got a chance to see uh, Heed get his first National Hockey League goal. Um, Tomas Hurdle, of course, made an impression on Ranger fans three years ago when he debuted with four goals against the Rangers. Hasn't been quite the same player since, but still very well-rounded. Uh, and, and also, I want to mention this about the San Jose Sharks, too, and I don't know if they ever listen to the podcast or whatever, but talk about like really 
tremendous broadcasters involved both on television and radio. On the TV side, you got Randy Hahn, among the best in the business, and Jamie Baker is a really cool guy. And then on the radio side, Brett Hedekin has now joined um, Dan Rusinowski. So the San Jose Sharks are covered on radio. They're covered on television, and that's a that's a really, really fun team. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're doing better than I had expected them to do. And hopefully uh, they continue to find their way to get into the playoffs. I lo- the Sharks always treated me well. When Tom Holy was the PR director, he's now over in Dallas, and I did NHL Live, they always supplied us with players. And Joe Thornton's a great guy, too. And Pavelski's great. And going back to the days when they had Ryan Klo, they were always really good to me on NHL Live. So I've always kind of secretly had a soft place in my heart for the San Jose Sharks, and it killed me to have them out of the playoffs this year. But uh, I hope I'm wrong about that. And it was really good to see everybody at the Garden, and they certainly – Uh, played well. This is a hockey podcast about the National Hockey League, and I want everybody to contribute. All fans of all 31 teams, if you're just a fan of the sport and don't have a favorite team, I know we get a lot of Ranger stuff, a lot of Devil stuff, a lot of Islander stuff because it's based out of New York, but you can control the direction in which this podcast goes. All right, I do it every single day. So if I didn't get a chance to read your tweet, send it again. I'll read it the next day. If I don't get a chance to read it on the podcast, I will try to respond to you off the air. So if you're a fan of the Coyotes in Arizona and you don't believe you're getting anything out there, if you're a fan of all those teams out in California, the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks, not getting any love, you're out in Colorado, why don't they talk more uh, Avalanche in Denver? If you're in Nashville, why don't why are they talking college football when the Predators are one of the best teams in the league? Don't complain about it. Tweet me, and I'll talk about it. Guest ideas. Again, we're going to try to get some more guests as the season goes on and be more specific as the stories begin to break. Suggestions, thoughts, criticisms. That's what this is for. I want this to be as interactive a podcast as humanly possible. So at Don LaGreca, you got to put hashtag game misconduct so I can see it on my timeline. So RJ's been helping me out, does a tremendous job on the board. RJ Santillo's got to suffer through his Buffalo Sabres being one of the worst teams in the league, but he's finding a way to get excited about this hockey season. So whether your team sucks, whether your team is tremendous, whether your team is the definition of average, I don't care. At Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.